One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for finding Whitehall Sources. Before we get stuck into the politics for you, a quick message from the resident. These hotels, like their choice in podcasts, are exceptional. Whether you're travelling for business or leisure, at the resident, you're offered the best rooms, prices and advice for your needs as well. We are so thrilled to be brought to you in association with the resident, who have proudly backed us since day one. When we're booking a stay in London or Liverpool, it's the resident we head to, and it's the resident you should head to. To find out more, click residenthotels.com. When I said we would stop the boats when I made that speech in January, we are delivering. We're making strong progress. But in order to finish the job, in order to get the job done, we need the Rwanda deterrent to work. And that is why we've been preparing thoroughly, carefully for all outcomes today. That's why we've already got a treaty that is virtually ready Hello to go, which we will White finalize in line of today's judgment. We're recording on Wednesday the 15th of November in the evening. It's just gone nine o'clock. Kirsty Buchanan, I, th- I think this must be the latest we've ever recorded a podcast. Um, which makes me think yeah. that we should be sort of heading out for a debrief on the House of Commons Terrace or something. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? Uh, no, I'm all tucked up in bed in my, tucked up in bed in my pajamas with a nice cup of tea instead, which is not very political of me, I know. But uh, it's been quite the twenty, quite the twenty-four hours. It has been a mad twenty-four hours, absolutely mad. Right, shall we sort of rewind to? Where we left things, I suppose, so in our previous episode, we were doing a bit of a debrief on Rishi Sunak's reshuffle, uh, where, of course, Suella Braverman was uh, fired and David Cameron was brought in. Those are the kind of two headlines, not a like-for-like replacement, by the way. David Cameron, obviously the Foreign Secretary, and Suella Braverman was fired as Home Secretary. But since we last spoke, we have had uh, Suella Braverman's letter. Now, I'm just going to borrow from my friend and colleague at Times Radio, Matt Chorley, who has spent the last 24 hours r- reminding everyone adamantly and enthusiastically this is not a resignation letter she was fired (laughs) Uh, so just bear that in mind 
I mean, it is, it's been described as blistering, scathing. She really puts the boot in to Rishi Sunak. Uh, Suella Braverman saying that uh, the Prime Minister had adopted, quote, wishful thinking to avoid having to make hard choices. Um, he, she said, rather, that his thinking was magical, uh, believing that you can will your way through this without upsetting polite opinion. This is on small boat crossings. It's meant you've failed to prepare any sort of credible plan B. We'll come back to that later in the podcast. Uh, she said, uh, Rishi Sunak had manifestly and repeatedly failed to deliver on policy priorities. Someone needs to be honest. Your plan is not working. Is she just bitter, Kirsty? Is that is that the tone here? Is that the explanation? Well, it's certainly the tone of it. I don't think uh, I've ever seen a letter, resignation or otherwise, uh, in the political sphere that has had quite so much uh, venom and ire and uh, yeah, just bitterness oozing from every syllable on every page and it runs to quite a few pages she uh it's almost like you know when someone just split up with you and you one of those do those cathartic outpourings where you just write down everything it's like one of those you know and at the end you draw breath and you probably think right i'll sleep on this i won't send it but actually she's just gone press send and off it's gone it's it's quite the most extraordinary thing um i mean look you know, there was clearly no love lost between them anyway. Uh, but it is interesting uh, in one or two aspects more than just Suella continues to, you know, pitch herself to the centre-right, you know, in, a, in the likelihood of a general election defeat and a leadership challenge. So it's more than just that. And I think it's more than just that in a couple of areas. One, uh, it's... It's widely been believed that, you know, when Rishi Sunak uh, was squaring up for the leadership for the second time after Liz Truss's uh, uh, premiership spectacularly imploded, that he did a deal with Suella Braverman to bring, you know, her supporters of the right wing rump over. And the reason that matters is that was enough at the time to convince Boris Johnson, who had the numbers to stand against Sunak uh, to back away and to not not to to go forward with that challenge. So in another world, had Sunak and, and Braverman not struck that deal, then there is a world where Boris might have challenged Sunak. And if he challenged Sunak, you know, there was every prospect, incredibly, uh, given the manner of his departure, that he might have, uh, he might have uh, won and been our prime minister again. Um, so that's the kind of uh, parallel lives uh, counterfactual. However, the deal was confirmed in this letter, and more than that, she's laid out the the terms of the deal, if you like, mm. uh, and she's accusing uh, Rishi Sunak of reneging on every single one uh, of those terms. And the reason she goes not just for this sense of betrayal uh, and being lied to by him, she also says that speaks to his character. She goes for his character as well and, and basically portrays him as, as a man who cannot be trusted and is without integrity. Uh, so it's interesting from that point of view. It's also interesting that she gets the shots in early on Rwanda, which obviously we will talk about. But this was the flagship uh, policy designed to 
stop the small boats by deterring crossings because the whole point of it was that if you entered the country illegally, i.e. if you came in a small boat and you tried to claim asylum, you would be taken out to a third country, in this case Rwanda, and have your application processed there. And if you were successful, in theory, you would live out your days in Rwanda. Now, the Supreme Court ruling obviously came back on that today, and we will talk about that later. But but actually, what, what she's saying in, uh, in this letter is that some of the reason that we are in the pickle that we're in over Rwanda is because of, of a weakness of leadership. It was fascinating that she, she, she obviously knew what was coming in terms of the likelihood of loss, uh, and she's tried to get the shots in early on that too. So it's not just, it's not just that it's bitter uh, and scathing uh, and full of, of indignation, um, and it's not just that it is a language that is, even by Suha Braverman's standards, quite extraordinary. It's that has exposed this deal, um, alleged deal between the two of them, on which his leadership allegedly entirely was built. Uh, and it makes very scathing criticism about immigration, which is actually uh, a key concern for the right wing rump of the Conservative Party. Right. That is Suella Braverman. Uh, we'll come back to Rwanda in a second. We're trying to do this in chronological order because there's, there's an awful lot to get through uh, from the last couple of days. So let's fast forward from Suella Braverman and her letter kind of burning the house down and turn to inflation. So the UK's annual inflation rate fell sharply to 4.6% in October. It is the steepest single month decline in the consumer prices index rate of inflation since 1992. And it's also beat uh, beaten the 4.8% figure that was predicted by a poll of economists I clocked for Reuters. Now, this means that Rishi Sunak has achieved the target that he set in January of halving inflation by the end of the year. So that was from the 10.7% average in the last quarter of 2022. So with that in mind, Kirsty, I mean, this is still a good day for Rishi Sunak, or at least it started off as a good day. This was good news to start the day for Rishi Sunak. Yeah, I mean, it was good news for about an hour. Look, I mean, the whole of the last sort of 24 hours, 48 hour news cycle feels to me a little bit like if you shot a gun in a very small room and watch the kind of bullet ricochet around. So, you know, it hits one wall, you know, Rishi's up because he's had a good day with a reshuffle and, you know, Suella Braverman's been knocked off the front pages by David Cameron coming back as foreign secretary. Then the bullet ricochets and then Suella Braverman's up and she's covering all the front pages because of her uh, disobliging non-resignation letter. Um, And then... You know, the bullet fires again and hits another wall and Rishi's back in, you know, back in sort of headline territory, holding the top of the broadcast in the morning because inflation has fallen uh, quite spectacularly. Um, and just when, you know, he's got, you know, half an hour of sunshine and then all of a sudden the Supreme Court ruling comes out uh, and his central immigration flagship policy is in tatters. So... You know, you start the morning by hitting one of your uh, five pledges, which is to halve inflation from, I think we'll start at just over 10% mm-hmm. down to, uh, you know, below uh, 53 which would have made him hit his target. And then, you know, then you smash into uh, another one of your pledges, 
which is to stop the small boats. And the central tenant of that has been torn to shreds in the Supreme Court by 10 o'clock in the morning. So uh, a very, very, very brief moment in the sun there for soon. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. On then to Rwanda, as you mentioned. So uh, the Supreme Court ruled that the Rwanda policy is unlawful because it risked breaching Britain's international obligations. Uh, And so, yes, it is now in tatters. Uh, The Prime Minister says he will do whatever is necessary to get flights to Rwanda off the ground by the next election. He said he would not allow a foreign court to block these flights. He said he'd revisit Britain's international relationships to remove the obstacles in our way. And so, Kirsty, the language from Rishi Sunak has been really quite defiant in the aftermath of this ruling from the Supreme Court, but it is still a really quite significant ruling in terms of what it says, and indeed, you know, to use the Prime Minister's own language, the hurdle that this actually now puts in his way. I mean, the Supreme Court ruling was extraordinary, almost as extraordinary as Suella Braverman's letter. <laughs> I mean, it completely... Before we heard the results of the of the Supreme Court, there was a there was a lot of talk about would it be you know nuanced would it be unequivocal i mean it has basically taken the flagship immigration policy of this government and torn it to shreds mm. thrown it in the gutter stamped up and down on it and then burnt it i mean it is dead gone and buried now the reason for that is twofold right so if we go back to uh, suella braverman's letter anticipating the the court's ruling she had basically written in this 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 furious uh, non-resignation letter to Sunak that you know if the court went against him, it was his fault because he you know frankly didn't grow a pair and didn't have the cojones to come out of the European Convention on Human Rights, and that would have given Britain the power to uh, send asylum seekers to a third country, in this case, Rwanda. Now, the Supreme Court has addressed that in its ruling by saying, look, it's not just a matter of Britain being in the European Convention. Britain is obligated under any number of international treaties. So, in other words, even if Britain pulled out of the European Convention tomorrow, uh, it still wouldn't be able to do this. And it's for two reasons. One, that uh, Rwanda is not deemed to be a safe country because... Uh, asylum seekers cannot be guaranteed a fair trial. And two, there is not the guarantee that if they're failed, they won't be sent back to a non-safe country. 
it was really interesting when he gave his press conference as well in the in the kind of in the afternoon on all of this um, because this was where we kind of came out fighting as it were um, Rishi Sunak saying we need to end the merry-go-round of the legal challenges and actually this as well that the UK is working on a new treaty with Rwanda following the court's decision that treaty would protect against the removal of asylum seekers from Rwanda back to their home country so that's one of the points you were making there Kirsty and that the Supreme Court made as well um, what else have we got from from the press conference well I suppose really it is just the tone of it that's perhaps the most interesting he says we must be honest about the fact that even once parliaments change the law here at home we could still face challenges from the European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg And that's when he said, I will not allow a foreign court to block these flights. If the Strasbourg court chooses to intervene against the expressed wishes of Parliament, I'm prepared to do what is necessary to get flights off. Now, just as we're speaking, um, I'm seeing this from Beth Rigby at Sky News. The Prime Minister's new Rwanda treaty is days away, uh, but success would mean that the government needs to prevent claims and appeals in a way not done before. So all eyes now Uh, on how punchy the Prime Minister is going to go. Beth Rigby says that she's been told by one source uh, that it might mean disapplying the HRA, which is the Human Rights Act, uh, in a way that's not been done before. So this is now about where Rishi Sunak takes it next. Uh, And to what extent, I suppose, the public are on side with that, because it could get quite, quite punchy quite quickly, actually. Well, look, I mean, you talked a good game in the press conference that's for sure but uh i find this kind of plan b a little baffling if i'm going to be honest mm. uh in as much as uh you know <laughs> rewriting it and declaring rwanda to be safe uh is not the same thing as rwanda being safe and it it's almost impossible for me to understand how no matter how you know, if you can pull out of any number of conventions, you still have British courts, right? Ultimately, the ruling this morning from was from a British court, the Supreme Court, mm. which is the ultimate arbiter of law. So, you know, you rewrite the law, you pull out of any convention that you think is necessary to stop you from being challenged in a in an international court, you still have British courts. So it's inconceivable to me that the first time that you try and put someone on a plane uh, bound for Rwanda, that the Supreme Court has already ruled to be unsafe. You've declared as a government, no, no, don't worry, we've we've got a treaty with them now, and the treaty has declared it to be safe. It's not just about people being sent back if they're failed. It's also about the likelihood that they'll get a fair trial. It was a two-part in that Supreme Court ruling. I cannot see how you can have a treaty that won't be challenged in the British courts with the first person in the first case study that you try to send under your new treaty. It's just baffling to me. Mm. Uh, and we'll end up in a situation that we've been that we've been in for the last year. We'll spend the next year uh, again fighting through the courts uh, on this and throwing, you know, quite literally good money after bad. I think so far this this Rwanda folly has cost 140 million pounds if there was another third country that we could explore an option with i think you know that would have come up today instead so it it still feels like rwanda or bust uh, but it is inconceivable to me now that you know you're not going to go into a general election not only not having stopped the small boats but actually not having nailed uh, the central you know uh, policy to deter small boats from coming over in the first place and i just 
you know, look, I could be wrong. Funnily enough, I'm not. I'm not a lawyer, but I, it just strikes me as just open for the same sorts of legal challenges that the uh, the old policy, mm. the Rwanda 2.0, is as flawed as. Uh, you know, the original Rwanda policy. Yeah, it's a bit of a stalemate, basically. The, the good news about all of this, Cam, is yeah. that it means I still don't have to change my name to Lala Moonchild <laughs> That's right. and go and live in a yurt, which is what I'd promised to do if the Rwanda policy ever came to fruition. So, so you're hanging on I'm in still there. safe. You're hanging on in there as close yep. as you can and he still lives in a house. So, mm-hmm. so that's good going. It's too cold. It's uh, too cold to be in a yurt at this time well, of year. Well, you're not wrong about that. Uh, right, okay, so that's Suella Braverman, Inflation and Rwanda. Now we come to this evening, and in fairness, the attention tonight actually sort of shifts to the Labour Party. In the aftermath of uh, the vote in the House of Commons, this was over a ceasefire um, for in Gaza, in the conflict in Gaza. So, from the Times, so Keir Starmer has suffered the largest rebellion of his leadership as nearly a third of his MPs, including Jess Phillips, defied him to back a ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, Jess Phillips was one of eight shadow frontbenchers to rebel after, uh, well, basically there was no progress in trying to persuade them to abstain on the motion that was put forward, brought forward by the SNP. Uh, Keir Starmer's reaction, I regret that some colleagues felt unable to support the position tonight, but I wanted to be clear about where I stood and where I will stand. Leadership is about doing the right thing. That is the least the public deserves and the least that leadership demands. Is this, Kirsty, a demonstration of Keir Starmer leading, or is this some sort of disintegration of the Labour Party that we're witnessing? Well, it's funny how things play out, isn't it? Because mm. uh, I, I think probably at number 10, that they looked at the likelihood of a uh, quite significant front bench rebellion over this uh, motion in the House tonight, and they probably thought, well, that will give us some respite. Uh, from a very difficult 24 hours. Uh, and actually, as it's played out, and yes, we have seen front benches stand down uh, and so that they are able to support the S&P motion and call for a ceasefire. But, you know, uh, last week I, I assumed and suggested that they were probably going to go for a one-line whip, make their lives easy. Um, and lots of, of Labour MPs who are in a difficult position would be allowed to be away from the House of Commons on, on important constituency business. To be fair, hats off to Keir Starmer uh, and the Whip's office. They've not taken the easy option. Mm. They've kept it uh, you know, on a three-line whip. They've been very clear about how they expected their MPs to behave. They've been clear about the consequences for anybody that defied that, which has seen and forced several front benches Uh, to stand down. Now, whilst obviously this will not go down with the left wing rump of the the party, in actual fact, it's burnished, I would have thought, Keir Starmer's credentials because one of the most important things about leadership is to stand by what you believe, not to cave into pressure, certainly not to cave into uh, party pressure and you know, put the management of your own party ahead of what you think is right and right for the country. So Keir Starmer has taken a stand on what he thinks is right. It's cost him some political capital on the left of the party, for sure. But, you know, frankly, that schism between him and the left over this issue uh, was always pretty wide anyway uh, and was like uh, unlikely to get any, any wider because of this vote. Uh, and actually, it's probably done him 
uh, a good service in in the majority of the eyes of 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 the population. Of course, everybody wants this war to end, but everybody believes that Israel has an absolute right to defend itself and will continue. Uh, until it has completely dismantled mm. uh, the Hamas leadership within Gaza. Yeah, it's worth noting, just by way of concluding as well then, that on the motion that was in the Commons tonight, and despite that backing from some Labour MPs, it was defeated by 293 to 125 votes. Labour had also put up an alternative amendment that was also rejected as well. Uh, And so the aftermath of that very much continues. There you are then, 24 hours in what, a little over 20 minutes or so. That's not bad going. Thanks, Kirsty. Time for bed, I think. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll regroup in a week. So what will have happened by this time next week? What a, what a ludicrously busy week this has been. It has, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so bizarre. I almost forgot until we started talking earlier on mm. that there'd been a reshuffle on Monday. <laughs> you know, I mean, the most extraordinary, you know, political comeback of David Cameron that was all anyone could talk about Monday and by where are we now Wednesday you know it slipped my mind for a while there because literally I cannot think uh, of a 24 hours which has been such a kind of you know ping pong of fortunes Mm -hmm. uh, for both political parties but particularly for Sunak must have you know, he must have gone to lie down in a in a darkened room with a dank cloth over his head over the last yeah, I know. 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It has been extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. Uh, the analysis will continue. We drop into your podcast feed every single week and sometimes more than once when it's a busy old week like this one. Thank you, Kirsty. Uh, and we will all get together and talk to you again very, very soon. Let me tell you about the resident hotel where I just stayed. That's right, I have been to the resident in Liverpool for a lovely, lovely stay. I have to be honest, it was wonderful. And I'm not just saying that, I promise you it was great. The warmest of welcome from the lovely reception team, including a lovely welcome card signed by Megan and the resident team. We were offered a map, we were offered guidance on where to go for food and for drinks. The location was great. We had several activities in Liverpool. We had a friend's birthday dinner. Then we were bowling, we were doing all of that stuff, and all of it was within a 10-minute walk of where the hotel was, which was perfect. Not only that, we had guidance on the best local restaurants and bars where we could also get discounts as a result of staying at the resident. The little kitchen in the hotel room was very, very helpful for coffee drinkers. Unbelievably, I'm not one. There's a little coffee machine right there as well. Do you know what was lovely as well? City centre location... Double-double glazing. There was the outdoor window, then an indoor window. No noise. I slept like an actual log. Beautiful room, very spacious, well-equipped, lovely hotel, lovely staff, lovely location. Take this as a personal endorsement. I've been there, done that, and you should do the same. Stay at the resident. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.